0: What is going on everybody? Jorge Aquino coming to you live and direct right here outside of uh where are we? We're actually North Phoenix just outside of Scottsdale if I'm not mistaken and I'm at the uh at the, this Cars and Coffee I've never been to but it's the Lux Cars and Coffee. It is Memorial Day weekend when we're recording. Um I just saw F355 just go ahead and pass by which was absolutely delightful. Um I have a very special guest with us today. Uh Sheehan from Ferrari's online on YouTube which is an Excellent YouTube channel that I highly recommend. But before I get into any of all that, Colleen, how are you?
1: Fantastic. Thank you for having me.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. A big thanks to to Keys for setting that up. Mike Keys of the Jungle, who's a previous guest of this podcast, who's become a good buddy. And I feel like anytime you need something, that man is lurking right there. Just like I'm I'm the plug. It's very interesting and he's a terrific human being. So big thanks to him. I know that you guys are good homies. Um, I guess I'll I'll kind of start there, not to go ahead and get too much into it because we want to talk about you today, but how did that connection even come about, if you don't mind me asking?
1: So uh, he actually helped me find my videographer for my YouTube channel. Uh, My previous videographers, they were moving and couldn't do it anymore, so we reached out to a couple friends and somebody introduced us to Keys, and he got me my videographer and has helped with that. help me you know give advice on social media what to do and all that kind of stuff so he's been a huge help
0: from from a branding slash marketing scheme like a dude actually doesn't miss like i'm I'm genuinely (laughs) and i hope he listens to this one i'm very very honest in that because the man is low key kind of brilliant um and i think that he's doing a terrific job for a lot of the so um you know content creators i don't want to say influencers influencers is a word that i'm not the biggest fan of Though by technicality it is correct, I prefer content creators. is it, I feel gives a lot more uh, of a service to the things that you and others within the community do. So, um, but big shout out to Keys for going ahead and getting this all set up. But just to kind of give you guys a background on what Colleen does, um, I'd say I think I'd, I think I started watching you sometime around the pandemic, and I feel like that's kind of when you really started to go ahead and do things. Maybe just a little yeah. bit prior to that. Um, But you are the host and run the YouTube channel for Ferraris Online, which is also a specialist uh, Ferrari slash vintage Italian dealership um, just outside of Orange County, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And so, I don't know, probably about 50,000 subscribers you guys have got around.
1: Uh, On the YouTube channel? uh not quite that many yet oh, okay. uh, 25,000 Twenty five thousand right now Twenty five thousand is still legit though that's <laughs>
0: real that's a lot more i do not have twenty five thousand 000 <laughs> so let me tell you that right now but
1: yeah yeah no it's it's grown a lot and i i don't keep up with the numbers too much yeah uh i just like talking about the cars that i love so much so it's just fun to be able to share uh, all the the histories and info and, yeah. and the cars i got
0: you so now if memory serves me correctly, um, your, your dad was the one who founded the, the dealership, if I'm not mistaken. And so he still he still owns and operates it, but you've become kind of like the face of the franchise, if you will, because obviously you're, 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 you're the face of the marketing, you are the face of the YouTube channel and whatnot. Um, so I, I'm sure that it's a very easy to go ahead and say, well, this is how I got into cars. But I still am very interested to how... You came up the ranks of like having worked with your dad alongside him while he's building this, this this franchise for himself. To now, to now, you being not just an integral part of it, but like l- low key the face of it. Like, how did that? How does that even come about?
1: <laughs> so, uh, my dad and I are actually partners in the business now. That's even better. Yeah, yeah uh, that's awesome. we ended up dissolving the LLC and forming a, a partnership. Uh, so, I. I am the face of the business. So my dad, he started uh, the company 51 years ago and he's been around forever. I mean, he's one of the Ferrari historians. He loves tracking the histories. Mm -hmm. I grew up around the cars and I just fell in love with them at a very young age. And so he started, he hitchhiked down from Canada when he was 19. And legitimately? Like, yeah, that's, leg- legitimately. That's awesome. okay. Like, grabbed a sack of food from the house. He had, like, 10 Canadian dollars and stuck his thumb out and made it all the way down here. That is so cool. And he started with uh, VW buses. Okay. And then bought his first Ferrari, sold it and made some money and went, screw the buses. I'm I'm into Ferraris now. Yeah. So he ended up... Uh, creating, forming uh, North America's largest restoration, Ferrari restoration shop back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, also sales always. But uh, eventually he decided that restoration was not his thing anymore. Managing 30 employees was uh, a handful. Yeah. So now it's just me and him in sales, and uh, kind of a family business. My husband runs all our IT and social media. That's awesome. uh, so you know, it's it's small, but we uh, we have a lot of experience with the cars and we have a lot of fun with it
0: too yeah for sure it's it's a very um you can tell that it's a real passion project like mm-hmm. th- not just from the youtube channel aesthetic but like the, the you know it's it's small but it's also i don't know it's like a really cool vibe like i i follow the both the, your account as well as ferrari online and I, I see it i'm like yeah like i want to go there and i want to like hang out and, like i feel like it's a perfect like sit down location to just like see everything and and what i love about it is that you guys focus on vintage ferrari vintage italians not modern which is perfectly fine but that's the thing like everybody else and their mother focuses on that stuff and it's nice to go ahead and see although a niche i think a very important niche within the car community and car culture and whatnot and you know you you're a young woman what was it that you felt to yourself that said like I, my heart is towards the older ones, not towards the new stuff. Like, wh- how did that happen?
1: Well, so probably a big part of it. Uh, when I was really young, I got my first car. Yeah, and it was, Which was? a nineteen thirty BMW. See, that's not a normal <laughs> first car to have.
0: That's a really cool. Color. Well,
1: and I got it at a very young age.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and. So it was part of a car deal that my dad did where there was a package of cars, that one was left over. Yeah. And so he got it as part of his commission and gave it to me, uh, cause he thought it was cute and whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, when I was 11, the, um, my dad entered it into Pebble Beach okay. and under my name. Yeah. Uh, but at the, he drove it on the tour with me, and I, at the end of the tour, my dad's standing there with the car, and a judge walks up to him and says, so, by chance, if her car happens to win a prize, could she drive it across the podium? And my dad goes, of course she could. And the judge goes, okay, just good to know, and walks away. And I had been racing with my dad, I started at go-karts before I can remember. Okay. Uh, And so he turned to me and goes, you're getting driving lessons in this car, because... A 1930 BMW. That's not a normal car. You know, car. it's three-speed, no synchros. Yeah. I mean, if you could drive that, you could drive just anything. Is that about three
0: anything. on the tree too? No, it's or not. It's okay, a floor on, shift, okay.
1: but uh, just a standard H pattern. But yeah, I got gotcha. you. I mean, it's it's a very interesting car 100%. to drive.
0: I I guess I, I don't think I've. I, I, I've never seen a three-speed on the floor before. I've only seen them on uh, on the on the column and whatnot. So is that a dog leg first, or is that a, like first, no? You said H pattern, so it's first, second, third. No, it's reverse. It Next is second, okay. Okay, yeah. awesome. Um, I feel like I've seen that car on your social media account Probably. before. Is it the blue one? Yes, it is. Okay.
1: Yeah, I've had that since I was eight years old. That is
0: such a co- that, okay. Please <laughs> go check that car out because I saw it and I feel like. Um, I feel like you've done some fun shoots with it i I, like you did like uh, a in period time uh type of shoot with it and i was like when i when i first saw the youtube channel i went to go look for you on on instagram i was like well son of a bitch, (laughs) like that's cool like again not a normal first car to Mm -hmm. have but when you're within the vintage world of things kind of makes sense Mm because you i feel like that's such an eclectic mindset for me i had a 1990 honda accord terrific car love it wouldn't have changed it for the world but like i don't i don't think i at age 18 i would have been smart enough or like capable enough or competent enough to mess with a (laughs) 1930s bmw like how like you did it from when you were eight years old like that's incredible
1: yeah i was uh so when we got the car it needed work and of course when you have your own personal project it always ends up back of the list back of the line so it took many years to complete it which is nice
0: Uh, because you were 18 (laughs) you still had eight years to go for your driving license. right Yeah, yeah
1: so uh when i was 11 then it went to pebble and it ended up winning third so i had to drive it across the podium yeah. so me and my dad sat in the parking lot uh and he taught me how to drive it without grinding the gears too much because right. i mean even today i mean no no synchros i've driven lots of older cars with no synchros and you it takes a lot of effort you know the Big time. the double clutching, when you downshift, and all kinds of stuff to to not grind the gears. It's, yeah. it's not easy to do. So uh, that was quite the experience at 11 years old, having hundreds of people staring at me as I'm trying to drive this car across the podium. I think I stalled it like two or three times. <laughs> that,
0: two or three times, though, isn't that bad. I just literally the other day, my, my good buddy um, Alex, uh, his he, his Instagram handle is Targa. So he has a 77... 70, uh, what is, okay, built in 77, sold in 78, 911 SC Targa. Co- stunner of a car, complete restoration. Most people that have listened to this podcast know exactly what it is. But he has no synchros. And he was kind enough to let me drive his car the other day for the first time. I've known him for like a year plus. And he was like, yeah, this transmission is tricky one day. And I was like, and for whatever reason, he was like, hey, you want to drive it today? And I was like, okay, here goes nothing. I will say this shift uh, the, the clutch unbelievably fantastic yeah. uh, it, it refused to let itself stall out nice. but because it had no synchros like you know when you take it out of neutral you actually he, he was like hey drop it in the second and then put it in first <laughs> and that's how you get into the first first i was like okay that's fine and weirdly enough as you said putting it in the second gear like he was like yeah you're gonna have to double clutch it's like i'm not used to double clutching like i've driven like modern transmissions that don't require uh double double clutching in a manual and whatnot so like i'm not the best at it so like i kind of low-key grinded it just a little bit and it's on instagram right now so if you want to hear me kind of like grind (laughs) going into second gear um, but my, third sh- my, my shift going into third is actually, like, terrific. Like, low-key, I was like, oh, that went in there really nicely. You know what I mean? Um, and whatnot. But you, I can't agree with you more. Um, however, when you get those shifts right, when you know exactly what you're doing, there's a very special experience. Yes. Do you, is that part of the reason why you've, you know, as you've grown within th- this this wonderful world, like, what? what is it about the vintageness of, on top of that that you're like, yeah.
1: So for me, it's the personalities, the history, and the soul of the car. Mm-hmm. Because I've said a few times before, if you have, say, three Dinos, mm-hmm. and you get in each one back to back and drive them, each one is going to drive different. So They're each one is going to have its own personality and it's going to want you to drive it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's how the pedals feel, whether that's how the suspension feels, steering, how it shifts, how the engine runs, any of that, it's, their very individual. Even if even if you took all three of them, they were all restored by the same person at the same time, they're going to end up slightly different because these cars have their own soul and personality. Yeah. And that's something you do not get with modern cars. If you get in three 812s today and you drive them back to back, they're going to drive the exact same. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm not saying that modern cars are bad. Yeah. Uh, I love them and respect them, and their technology is amazing. Their performance is out of this world. But they don't have that soul that the old cars have. And without the old cars, we wouldn't have the new cars. Yeah. So the history and and where these new amazing cars came from Mm -hmm. is so important to me because I never want it to get lost. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to just overlook some of the great cars that made the great cards we have today possible
0: absolutely no oh my god that's such a great thing I, i was actually having that conversation with somebody recently of like there's a there's an evolution that we've been able to go ahead and see whether you know, you know within us maybe like your you know early 30s late 20s i think that's where, right around where we are at and and you know we've seen an evolution from the 90s to now um and anybody who's like 40 or 50 has seen got has seen the evolution from the 70s to the 80s and honestly even the 60s and whatnot and it, and without that we don't get to where we are today um that being said, you know, here's a really great question. I'm sure maybe people have asked you this, but because you're so enthralled with with, with the vintage, let's 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 keep it to Ferrari um, because that's actually what you guys specialize in. What's the best decade that you've experienced so far? Is it like the 250s and the 275s from the 60 or from the late 60s early 70s? Is it the 80s? It's the I, 90s? I love late 60s early 70s.
1: Okay. Absolutely. I mean, the
0: your favorite car is
1: the comp daytona yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely and so it's it's interesting especially like 72 yeah uh one of the things i love about the vintage cars too is like new cars they look a lot alike and, yeah and they're pretty mm-hmm. and you know again nothing wrong with them well because they're they're but, um
0: they're they're made um compute by computer the they're, the they're by design and the wind tunnels and stuff like that so it's like this is the best way that we can go ahead and get the performance out of this well, sometimes you got to say f the performance yeah. but Italians have always been known for design. You look at, you know, uh, fashion. That's that's what they're ki- the kings and queens of, and it, it's always come down into their automobiles as well. Sorry to interrupt, but I agree with you one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing. Like, if you look at uh, so three cars, Ferraris that were made in seventy two, Dino, Daytona, and C four. Mm-hmm. They are so radically different from yeah. each other. They're all Ferrari. They're, they're I mean, they're not all they were all built in that year some earlier and later but they were still produced in that year and you line them up and they look nothing alike and that's something that is a bit missing today is such drastic styling changes and variations uh and yes i understand the performance has been enhanced so much that certain things would take away from performance if you do it style-wise but like you said sometimes i don't i don't need to go 200 something miles an hour facts you know i'd rather have something a little stylistic and a little more flair yeah and maybe it only goes 180 because i am pretty sure that's still fast enough to get me in trouble
0: <laughs> low-key though well i'm curious to know will a will, will a dino hit 180 no. i don't think no. that,
1: right <laughs> although no. if, you're,
0: if you're going 180 in a dino dear lord hang uh, on for dear no. life
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, so like a a Daytona. Yeah. If you're driving a comp Daytona over 100 miles an hour, like, yeah, modern cars, even normal street cars, they go over... I mean, I I drive my husband's truck over 100... Well, okay. I do not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not admitting that, but...
0: Kilometers. Right. Kilometers, yes.
1: His his truck has the potential to go over 100 very easily, and it's just a big old diesel pickup truck, Mm -hmm. Uh, but in a Daytona... When you're going over a hundred, yeah. you feel like a rocket ship, you and you are busy. Yeah. You're not doing it with ease. You know, modern cars, when you are going that fast, it's effortless. I mean, you could you could be drinking your coffee and like on the Bluetooth phone through the speaker mm-hmm. and like no problem. In an older car, you're not multitasking. Yeah. You're you're very focused. Um,
0: if I'm not mistaken, earlier this week did we I believe R- Rimats just released their footage of the Nevera doing like zero to 200 and something back down to zero. And the driver, not kidding, was eating ice cream as he was doing this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what have we come to? Yeah. Like, that is amazing. Is. But like, you're doing that at, and it wasn't 200, it was well over 200. And I was just like shocked, in awe. I wasn't offended. The, the, no. The, no, no, no. It, I was deaf, but I was just like, the fact, because 200 miles an hour, You, I've never gone 200 miles an hour. Have you? Have you? Uh,
1: yeah, on the track. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I got real close to it. I never passed yeah. 200,
0: though. Okay, cool. Well, I only say that because I got up to 155 um, once uh, as a passenger, and I was like, this is fast. Like, it was stable, but this is fast. And... Two hundred is fast, and when you're going ahead and doing well over two hundred with only one hand on the wheel, like you're, at, it's it's beyond asking for trouble. But the fact that we have gotten to that point these days with these modern cars is unbelievable to me. Right?
1: It is, and I do love and appreciate the technology. I think it's awesome, and it is the way of the future. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just my. Personally, I prefer a car that I can drive, not a car that drives me. Oh yeah. And Love that. when you have the older cars with no power steering and no ABS and no anything, no traction control, none of that, hmm. then you are really in control. And the feeling of a car at speed with no power steering, it's very connected. You feel very in tune with the road yeah. and it's an incredible feeling. Electronic steering nowadays, I mean, it, it's tight, but it's not this, the same feeling of like connected. It's very disconnected. I mean, I, I, I don't know how No, to-
0: no, you, you <laughs> hit you hit the nail right on the head. Um, again, that 77 Targa. And I actually went out in a 964 Carrera RS not too long ago. And I was riding passenger in that one. And the way that that car felt, it felt like you were on rails. It felt like a go-kart. I felt so low to the ground. The scent, oh my God, the scent of a carbureted engine, whatever it is, there's there's really nothing like it. it, it it's 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 and I can only assume what an old school Ferrari V12 or a Ferrari old school Ferrari V8 like I've smelled them before. And again, it's just it's an intoxicating scent because you're like that's a very recognizable scent and it's not even a bad one it's just it it's it there's like a heat to it there's it, it you i'm sure you can do a much better explanation of it.
1: <laughs> well so i've always thought of cars personally i think they're very sensory mm-hmm. you know it's it's obviously visual um and but there's also the sight, the sound and the smell. Yeah. And electric cars are amazing, great performance, you can't beat it. The torque, the the offline instant power, amazing. But I miss the the smell and the sound. And without those two components, it just doesn't get me quite as excited. Sure. And even injected cars are fine, too. I was going to say fuel injected cars. Do yeah. so you feel that way, too? or No, I love fuel injected cars, too. I mean, uh, if you look at the 308 series, because that's right when they went to the injected cars, yeah. uh, the early carbureted cars are my favorite because of the sound and the smell. And with the engine right there, mid-mounted, right behind you, it's just the best feeling. Now, when they went to the basic injected, the power dropped a lot, and so those cars are not very popular because they are really slow. Yeah, they really are. They really are. They really are. Uh, they really are. I mean, 308s are not fast in particular, but the 308 injected. Yeah. Oh yeah. I those mean, Transams
0: have... aren't very fast either. Neither are like mid-70s Camaros. Mid-70s Mustangs, like I'd rather just be dropped off a cliff at that point. Like no disrespect. But like I don't think anybody likes that version of the Mustang or Mustang 2s. Like they freaking suck. Like the 70s, our oil crisis was a real thing. It was insanity.
1: Oh, yeah. But I mean when you – when they switched it to the 308 QV, yep. so the quattro valve made up for the power loss of the injection. So if you're looking at performance, the early 308 carbureted cars and the late QV cars are pretty comparable as far as the the handling and performance. Mm-hmm. The big difference is that sound and smell of right. the carburetors. And I, I, I'm a sucker for finicky cars, I guess, because, <laughs> I mean... Something about. Button for punishment. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, think about it. I mean, my favorite car, Comp Daytona, those things, we have one right now. And we're trying to maneuver it around the showroom. It's got to be the hardest thing. It it is a workout, and it has a heavy clutch, and I mean, it's just a beast, but there's something about that raw. Mean car that just makes me so happy. I got you. and I love it.
0: No, so I'm curious to know because we're here over at Luxus Cars and Coffee. Um, there seems to be like a, although it was, I think it's a very chill turnout, but there seems to be a very nice um, vibe of a lot of modern. Very clearly, I mean, we're going from we got an E63. Uh, uh, e We've got 991 and 992 911s all over the place. We've got an M8 uh, Comp, I'm not mistaken, an M2 Comp, STO, two 600 LTEs. But then there's also a vari- a, a few different uh, vintage American. There's not, there's not many vintage Italian uh, that F355 already left, and there's the 993 GT2 somewhere around here, I think. But, you know, out of all this that you've seen, like, what's kind of, like, perked your attention? We were kind of talking about that earlier, but I'm curious to know.
1: Well, so, I I like such a weird variety of cars. Yeah. And honestly, like I mentioned, when I first walked in, there's that little mini car. Yep. That I don't even know what it is, but it's just cute. It's And adorable. so, of course, that was the first one I walked up to. And uh, the, the GT40 caught my eye real quick. It's a nice yellow. Uh, that 993, when it drove up, I was like, hmm. Yeah. And, of course, the 355. Yeah. Uh, mostly because... As a sucker for Ferraris, I was like, "Hmm, I want to go see about you know, just kind of like inspect it, check it out, you know, kind of just do my thing." Give it the
0: Ferraris online stamp of approval.
1: I, I, it's like uh, when I see a car like that, yeah, I just I don't know. I think it's a lifetime of habit of like, yeah, in just visually like kind of checking them out, and mm-hmm. like seeing. And I don't even know why I do that. It's uh, it's not like I. I mean, I like the cars, and you know, I, I, am not trying to like judge it or anything. But you're I so just,
0: used to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: just, I guess, habitual when a car that I normally sell and deal with a lot yeah. comes to my attention. I'm like, okay, let's go check it out. Let's right. see what it's all about. You know. That's so, cool. so uh, that one definitely caught my eye, but mostly because of that. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: So now uh, um, let's talk about a little bit about Ferraris online and and the YouTube channel that goes along with it. Of course, um, you you. You mess with vintage Ferrari, that's like, that is that is the top of the, that's that's what you do. But there are other vintage Italians that you guys mess around with too. Uh, I've seen Fiat's, uh, like old school Fiat's, which are super cool. Like low key, I am starting to fall in love with old school Fiat 500s. Yes. Um, I saw, um, I think the, an old school 595, like not too long ago. We, I have a friend here in the Phoenix area. Big shout out to John Paolo, who owns uh, Carissimo here. And this 595... Which was I was like, dude, this is like the coolest thing in the history of the planet. And it is because I you know, it makes like I don't know, like I think you told me like ninety horsepower, you know, four speed manual. Um it it, 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 it can it's competed in, in in rallies in Italy before. And I was like, stop, stop talking right now. I you had me at ninety-five horsepower and being less than a thousand pounds. Yeah. Like that's where you had me. Everything else is just a cherry on top. Yep. But um what I wanna know is Why Ferrari over Lambo?
1: Well, hmm. And that's
0: a personal. It is. It is.
1: And again, uh, my my race car right now is a Lamborghini. It's a Gallardo? Yeah, a Gallardo. I've seen that video. It's killer.
0: Go check that one out. It's dope. (laughs) uh you guys were at willow springs
1: yeah yeah we were testing at willow me and my dad do some endurance because i am gonna end up getting a 458 challenge evo and so me and my dad can run together because uh so we have three race cars two vintage that are torn apart right now and then the gallardo yeah so we can only do enduro together uh so we want to compete against each other because we're very competitive people so (laughs) uh so i got to get my own but you know priorities. That's of course. that that'll come along whenever it does. But uh, I appreciate Lambos, and I actually I love the Countach. I love the Mira. Um, even the three hundred and fifty GT is a really cool car. It's kind of funky with the weird headlights. Yeah, it's eclectic. But I like it. You know. So well, you
0: get you definitely get um, very similar vibes to what a, a Daytona is because <laughs> it's a, a that's a front engine Lamborghini. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that and the Lamborghini. Is it the Espada that's yeah, a front the engine? Espada,
1: team? the Espada. Uh, Jalpa. Yeah, the uh, Haramo was the last mm. of the front engine uh, 12 cylinders. Yeah. And they only made 328 of those. And yeah. They're really kind of cool cars. I like them over the Espada because the Espada is just so ginormous. That car is a land yacht. And, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. It's just when we have them in the showroom, they take up so much space. <laughs> I'm always just like, oh, God. Long
0: but narrow, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're not even that narrow. Oh, They're really? just so long. That's so that interesting. It,
0: so Lamborghini has been doing the whole wide thing for quite a while now. Oh, like, yeah. is you know, we look at Aventadors, and Aventadors are, like, f- as wide as a freaking bus. Yes. Um, I mean, 812s are, are, are big, too. <laughs> but, like, you definitely put an 812 next to an Aventador, and you're like, yeah, that Aventador is like, still got, like, several inches worth of, of width on it that you're like, why? Yes. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about before we even started recording was, like, I have this... Um, thought process and we were kind of and we said oh let's leave it for the pod that you know back in the early 90s there were two mid-engine cars one came out of Maranello, the other of course came out of santa ana bologna and that's being the diablo and the Testarossa, <laughs> which of course are two icons within yes. not just italy but just sports car going in a supercar uh, m- more so the diablo of course but testarossa is like right up there but they're of course iconic meat engine v12s flat 12s excuse me for the for the testarossa lovers out <laughs> there but um what do you see as the massive similarities and also massive differences between these two respective icons
1: i mean lamborghini was formed because ferrari ticked him off. Yeah, Ferruccio
0: for, did not, wanted a specific thing, and Enzo was like, no.
1: Yeah, he was like, stick to tractors. Yeah. <laughs> and an and so Ferruccio was yeah. like, uh, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the, the, the similarities, I think, spawn from that, you know, yeah. because they're such close competitors, that's where a lot of it came from. Uh, but of course they wanted to make their own different cars and and make an impact and just the competition between the two helped the automotive world you know it helped grow the cars it helped progress everything without competition it's hard to grow like that I mean if you're just on top with no one near you then it's
0: real boring real quick yeah and you
1: don't have to try that hard but you have
0: nothing to strive for yeah too. Yeah.
1: yeah you're already you know you're up there like. but because of that headbutting it, it made the two companies better and so I mean I don't know why for me Ferrari over Lamborghini uh, it just has always been sure. that way to me and maybe part of it is ferrari's racing history i'm huge into racing and so... You, I
0: was going to say, you have an, a, an F1 car on as, a, as a charm in your neck. Yeah. Case, not yeah, yeah I, I, saw, I noticed that earlier. The, it's very cool.
1: And actually, this car... So, I have a um, Ferrari a 75, 1975 312 T2 t-shirt on. That would have been uh,
0: Nikki Lauda's car. Yes. Yeah, but Nikki the goat.
1: this is also... Oh, that's a, such a cool tattoo. Yeah.
0: Okay, locate real quick. If you haven't watched <laughs> Colleen on the YouTube channel, she's inked up. But she's got some, like, dope art on her. And I ju- I'm just <laughs> noticing a full-on b- portrait of spa on her left tri- left bicep tricep area like a full-on ha- three quarters of a sleeve it is very 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 intricate very cool i'm just noticing it right now but it's actually really well done like oh that tack is just perfectly done and stuff like that such
1: a good job it, yeah. it is so uh this is nikki lotta's 312 t2 the cockpit view i gotta sit in the car uh at laguna seca and it's my favorite car uh well favorite race car yeah um, uh, well, no, I mean Comte Tona too, but you know, okay, <laughs> I have a couple. It's, it's up, up there. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leave the go. May yes, you rest in peace. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, because of Ferrari's racing history mixed with their streetcars and the, the whole story of Enzo not really caring about the streetcars, but he needed them in order yeah. to fund his racing. So interesting. And I mean, just all of it combined, I've always loved the cars, loved the beauty everything about them and uh lamborghini has a a very cool story too but not quite the same depth of history in my opinion sure uh so
0: well they've now created racing history lamborghini and shout out to them but what's interesting about it is it's more of a modern racing these days and you know i mean let let it be known right now urican performante and Aventador sv and Aventador svj like what they can do around a Nurburgring is abs—it's it's utter insanity—and that's just those those respective tracks. I mean, you take out a P- Uricon Performante to Willow Springs, it's gonna do work. Um, SVJ—you you you give it a lot of space. There's not a lot of stuff that's modern that's gonna be able to go ahead and keep up with that thing. Uh, you're gonna need you're gonna need some heavy guns, heavy artillery in order to be able to track down an SVJ. So that you know, either 300 pounds lighter and maybe 100 horsepower or less, like. 765 will go ahead and give it a run for its money 100%, but look at the difference in weight between those things and the fact that one of them has all-wheel drive and the other one doesn't, so you can maneuver it a little bit better. But you also have to be an stupidly competent driver to get the best out of that 765, where I'm not saying you don't have to be competent to drive an SVJ because you very much do, but because you have those extra nannies that, to me, Lamborghini has been able to go ahead and fully develop and really hammer down this last decade and, and be better at it. It, it, it goes to show like they're modern history. i think track history is the better word not necessarily race history because mm-hmm. they just do endurance yeah and that's mostly like privateers mm-hmm. not necessarily lamborghini supported all the time right, right?
1: so yeah and I, lamborghini does have good race cars now more modern stuff yeah uh but again being a classic everything enthusiast yeah. uh are right yeah yeah that's a great one <laughs> even so even like with formula one today um the the modern cars i love them nothing wrong with it but it's just not quite the same mm-hmm. uh watching so i'm like determined next year to go to the monaco uh historic grand prix
0: oh my god
1: i pauline
0: it kills me every time I saw you that on Instagram. Like in the <laughs> right. best way possible. Yeah. I'm dead every single time. Just dead emojis.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, cuz I've I've been uh, I've been to a couple grand prixs now yeah. for the modern cars and it's incredible and I love it. But it's not the same sound. Mm-hmm. And and with the cars with the the um, historic they're F1 way cars. Now. Yeah. They're but the the sound of them but also it's almost like I mean, obviously, it's not as intense, but like when you're at the uh, the drag strip and you get that like rumble in your your soul from the cars, yeah. the historic cars give you a bit of that like hitting your like lungs and heart and soul feeling. When the cars go by, and the modern cars just don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they're still awesome, great perfor I love the modern cars, but the historic cars, the historic that's where race cars. So that's a part of, like, with the lamborghini Ferrari thing, too, is the, the historic cars. I mean, I, I got to be at Velocity and watch the 250 GTO run around the track with the SWB and the TDF, and I'm just like... This, I mean, it's so cool to see the cars at car shows, but seeing them static in person, it's great. But you want to
0: see them do what they were meant to do.
1: Exactly. These cars were built for that. They were not built as art pieces. They were built to to run on the track. And, you know, when you see the the 250 GTOs that are kind of beat up. Yeah. I love it because... They were ne- so. Sometimes I'll see uh, old race cars, and they're fully restored and they're pristine. They're perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a 512M, one of the the seventies 512M, and in um, at Retromobile, and I looked at it I'm like that. That that car never looked that nice when it was new. I don't care mm-hmm. if it was the day it rolled out of the factory. It never looked that nice they did not care they took those clamshells they tossed them around they did not care i mean i don't even think that they like paid much attention when they painted it they just had to have it the ferrari red you yeah. know like that's it and so uh when i see them kind of rough and rugged i'm like this is what this car is meant to be yeah you know they're not supposed to be perfect they're cool and they're perfect yeah. but mm.
0: No. I mean, it, it's there's something special about being able to go ahead and see a car that was doing its thing 50, 60, 70 years ago and then still be doing... Like, thank God for today's modern technology because because of that, those cars can be run with the old school stuff that they were running with begin. So, like, at the, it's, it's a very weird thing. It's like, oh, man, yeah, modern's not where it's at sometimes. But then because of modern technology, the old stuff from back in the day is still very much live and thriving and kicking. It's such a... I'm such a hypocrite, and I'm sorry, but I have to say it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic. Now, speaking of which, that's a nice sounding 992 911 Carrera S there. Um, we've we've had a couple of cars that have been making some noise, and there's the Shelby GT500 replica that pulled out, and I was like, that that is a good sounding car. But um, we'll go ahead and step away because my man is like making a little bit of noise, which I can appreciate, but at the same time, we're recording a podcast. goddammit. it! <laughs> but uh, you and Keys uh, had the opportunity to go out to uh, the. Miami Grand Prix uh, just a few weeks ago um, I want to say you guys went out with Pirelli
1: yeah we went with Pirelli big shout out to Pirelli absolutely yeah, They out, they yeah. killed it that was so incredible yeah
0: so um, was that your first time going out to the Miami GP yes
1: okay. the Miami one yes how, how was it fantastic yeah. so it's radically different from uh like monaco because that's a
0: perfect that's a perfect one to compare it to by the way yeah
1: yeah because they they are so different from each other and obviously still you know same car same kind of thing but like the monaco is much more you're kind of stuck in one spot Mm -hmm. and you're watching the race and it's gorgeous and it's historic and it's just Amazing, yeah. Uh, and and when the race ends and all the yachts start blaring their horns, that was just—I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, but,
0: that's a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Oh, the yeah. fact that multiple people can experience that multiple times in their lifetime—the <laughs> the jealousy is real. I hope it's coming <laughs> seeping through the speakers right now. But at the same time, I admire you. I have a friend of mine who's out in Monaco right now, oh, nice. and I'm just like, bro. Yeah. Bro, yeah. what? Like, that's an experience in and of itself. But uh, yeah. again, apologies. You were saying.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, Miami, it's, I think, let's see. Keys actually checked. Uh, we walked, like, or ran sometimes, like, over 11 miles each day we Yo, were that's there. because we. So, like, on the day of the race, uh, we wanted to start watching from the start-finish line. Mm-hmm. And we had seats there. Uh, and so we watched that and then we wanted to watch a couple of the pit stops but then we wanted to go to the McLaren house and watch the end of the race from there mm-hmm. because that's where the uh, the uh, award podium is yeah and so I'm like okay so we start here and then we have to book it all the way around because it was literally around the stadium on the other side and so we're just and we almost missed well, we, we got there just in time, but for the start. So we ran from meeting somebody over to the grandstands, watched like 20 minutes, then ran over to McLaren. And, and then even the other days while we were there, it was just walking around, seeing everything. There's so many different stands and people and like stuff going on that uh, just, and it's so massive. I mean, there's so much surrounding the track. So, so much to do. Whereas Monaco you're not running around like that no i mean
0: the monaco gp right now and uh by the way it's as i stated it is memorial day weekend so monaco qualifying is probably happening right as we speak or no excuse me it'll probably happen a little bit later today more than likely um but not too far off from right now um and of course the race being tomorrow and uh monaco hasn't changed the car's half. Like a lot. They've grown by several feet. And you know, yes. we saw Lewis wrecking in free practice earlier today. We saw Carlos went ahead and hit the barrier on the Ferrari yesterday. Lando oh my god, shout out to Lando. Speaking of McLaren, Lando went ahead and um I forget the name of that turn, but it's the one where you kiss the barrier. But you know what? Anybody who watches the Monaco Grand Prix knows exactly what I'm talking about. And Lando, although that McLaren is an absolute dog, it is that that car is a slow. Ap- I mean, it's faster than my Sorrento, but like, you know, like, let's be real within the confines of the teams right now. McLaren's not doing too well. But the way that Lando was able to go ahead and perfectly get that tire, just not even inches, centimeters, calling mm-hmm. off that barrier. I was like. Damn it lando norris you son of a gun you are very talented at your job like no wonder zach brown pays you all that money to drive (laughs) his car
1: oh those guys are so incredible yeah and the what they do is mind-boggling unreal it's it's so amazing and how formula one has evolved over the years too i I have so much respect for so for all the drivers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. modern or historic, it doesn't matter because going those speeds in those cars with that precision... They're taking
0: it to a different level mm-hmm. than maybe even Shumi was. And respect to Shumi, Shumi's yeah. to go, Ayrton, may he rest in peace, of course, uh, Nicky, uh, James Hunt, um, Jackie Stewart, uh, Clark, um, uh, everyone. Wow. Like, and there's so many... I'm, I'm forgetting uh, uh, homeboy's name... Um, Please don't kill me right now. Argentinian. <laughs> oh, doesn't there's, matter. There's so uh, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Five-time world champion. I can't remember his name right now, but that's not <laughs> there, the point.
1: There's so many greats throughout yeah. F1 history. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think about it and I look back like uh, Fangio when no. he was racing. No, 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 no,
0: thank you. It was Fangio who I was talking about. Okay. That's what I was thinking about. I, thank thought, I thought so, but yeah, I was yeah. like,
1: I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Fangio was like, if you think about the car he was driving.
0: Radically different to what it's, Lewis and, and Max are driving now. Yeah,
1: and yeah. I mean, I am very happy that F1 has the safety standards they have nowadays. Big time. Yeah. Because losing greats like Senna and like Nikki almost died. Yeah, uh, you we know? lost
0: Jules La- though when nine years ago yeah. we lost the uh, uh, Antoine and F2 back at Spa back in, what was that, 2020 or 2019. Um, you know, may he rest in peace, like, dude was only 23 years old, yeah. right? And it was, oh, yeah. you know, even then, we still lose these guys or gals, and it it fucking sucks. It mm-hmm. does, but compared to the rate that we were losing people in the '60s, like there wasn't a race that would go by that we wouldn't lose a driver. Yeah,
1: right? no, no, there wasn't. And actually, some of the uh, drivers started protesting. Yeah. Uh, because ja-
0: Jackie Stewart was mm-hmm. like the head yep. of the guys. Yeah.
1: Yep. And uh, even even Senna tried. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was just so insane to think that, like, now I mean, you're still as an F1 driver, you're still taking your life. In your hands every time you
0: get on the track. But yeah. not in the same way those guys did. Yeah. And I mean, we saw Van Ugeau in Britain last year. His car flipped over, mm-hmm. which was scary. I mean, and Albon got hit real hard, too. But, you know, we had this, like, there was, a, there, we were like 75, 25, like, we think he's okay. And he was, he was good. I mean, Albon had to be out for, like, a race or two. But, like, if this happens 30 years ago, Colleen, Albon's maybe either A, still in the hospital or we don't have Albon no more.
1: Yep, you know what I mean? exactly, and it's so part of the the whole, you know, me like the classic cars. It's it that era was uh, just so radically different in the sense that these guys were really risking their life every time. Yeah, and I'm glad that's not around anymore. I'm glad, you know, I, I never want that to happen to another glad driver. Glad we still
0: have Roman Grosjean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But uh, just. Just the amount of mental strength. I don't know what it is. Or, or maybe it's mental insanity. Whatever you want to call I, it. Say but
0: definitely closer to insanity. Yeah. With a good mixture of strength. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. And we have gone 44 minutes. Which is great. Um, and obviously I know that you want to enjoy the car show. So I, I, I think... And you've been too kind, by the way, with all your time. Thank you so much. Because not only has it been 45 minutes of us podcasting, but we definitely talked for like an additional 25 earlier this morning. (laughs) But I'll take it, and I very much appreciate it. But, you know, you guys started the Ferraris Online YouTube channel as a way to really promote your car dealership. Um, A, how do you feel that's worked? B, I mean, I'm going to say this to you right now. How does it feel to be a somewhat internet celebrity? (laughs) I mean, and you are, though. Like You have, have 25,000 subscribers. You have yourself well over 10,000 followers on Instagram and growing. Um, the Ferrari on... Yeah. The, for, give me something right here. Definitely. She low-key said 40, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say that full volume for everybody. 40 freaking thousand subscribers. That, if that's not big dick energy, I don't know what is. Um, the Ferrari's online's Instagram account is also growing as well. But, yeah. I, I know that's a, that's a very loaded question, but I'll let you answer it however you want to.
1: Well, so... Need. I did start uh, with social media because I wanted to promote the cars. Basically, all the brokers and dealers throughout history, you know, as long as my dad's been doing it 50 years, it's always been here's a description, history, and photos. Mm-hmm. And I turned to my dad a few years ago. I'm like, we have to do videos. He's like, why? I'm like, no, we, we do. You have to have people, they see the car, but they want to hear it start, they want to see it shift, they want a bit more. Than just static photos, right. and so I started doing the videos to help advertise the cars. But I also I I try really hard to make my videos not a sales pitch. No, no, it's there's you know, a lot of
0: there's a lot of research behind it. But not only is there a lot of research, Colleen, like. It's natural. It's and that's why I think that you are doing such a special thing, and why I think that you're doing a really great job. Because not only are you, you're clearly showing us that you research this stuff, and you clearly are showing us that ever since you were in your mother's womb, you know, a prance, you, you came out and rode out on a prancing horse, and like yeah. that's awesome. Um, but there's also a certain passion behind it, and like it, it's it's very very clear when you're watching it. I'm not watching a sales pitch, and I'm not watching. Um, the professor from Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, <laughs> yeah. talking about whatever it was that they're talking about. I'm seeing someone who's very fully invested into this passion project that her dad started 51 years ago and now you've become massively ingrained as a part owner and the face of the franchise but you also love this shit.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And so the the kind of two sides to why I started the, the YouTube channel, yes, having the cars start run drive here shift all that it's gonna help with the the selling of the cars but i go into the history of the make and model and a lot of the the guys you know the like when i do a video on a daytona the buyer for that car probably already knows the history they they know where daytona came from they know about it so they don't need me telling them but that's not why i do that i do it because i want people to understand and appreciate the history of these cars uh, in a way that I do. Mm -hmm. And if I can share that and give people a little more knowledge, insight, And history on these cars and maybe get them a little bit more excited about them then that's a win in my book because I don't want the history of these classic cars to get lost over time I I want and and I don't care if people appreciate them or like them or you know if they still prefer the modern cars because they're faster and easier that's great it's just I don't want it to get lost and so that was a huge second part to me doing all that and then the Instagram and stuff like that. It's just I, I get to be around these amazing cars, and I get to see some of the coolest cars and coolest stuff. And so I just want to share it with people. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially when I see fun, little quirky, eclectic stuff. Like uh, we had a, a Nissan Figaro. We I own a Isetta. Like I I get weird cars and so uh i just like the kind of the funky stuff the cool stuff obviously i mean when we got the 288 gto and like i was like awesome i gotta yeah. share all about this but uh when i get the funky stuff in too i'm like okay this is cool right. and you know sometimes it's a learning process for me too i didn't know anything about a nissan figaro when i first cool. got it in but yeah. i mean i knew like some basics but i didn't know yeah. about it and then getting to drive it around I'm like this is awesome you know And
0: lo- what i love about the nissan figaro is it's actually it's actually really affordable yeah, like people don't realize that, like you can buy one for under 30 grand like yep. no problem yep. whereas a 288 gto it's gonna yeah, it's gonna Probably run you a couple hill a couple mil yes. and uh, and hopefully it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, what I'm curious to know is you've brought up the Nissan Figaro and again you you've been such a delight. You you've given us such a broad aspect of the things that you're involved in the things that you love and one of the things that you did was you worked with an icon recently um and i don't think that's and if if you've heard the word quirks i'm gonna ask you about this in just a second um i'm curious to know whether or not you added the word quirks into your vocabulary after you work with this individual or before you work with this individual
1: so uh i mean Obviously, I've known the word quirks, but just just talking with him and having him say it, I think I picked it up subconsciously a little bit. I figured. So, you know, he kind of rubbed off on me a bit. Of course, (laughs) of course.
0: And if you're not familiar with the hints that we're putting out, Colleen definitely did some, like, legitimate work with one of the automotive YouTube goats and Doug DeMuro, Big Daddy Doug, who was, I mean... If he does listen to this podcast, hey, Doug, congratulations on A, the valuation and the CGT, my man. Like if you're not – if you weren't killing life then, you're killing it now in the good way, in a good way, of course. But you told me like low-key how that kind of came about. And I was like, really? And so I would love for you to go ahead and just share a little bit about that because like that just goes to show the incredible work ethic that you have, that you have somebody like that reaching out to you, not the other way around. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, I mean, I had a a cool car. It was a a 599, but it was a manual conversion. Oh, okay. And it was done. uh, So kind of a little backstory. So the uh, 599 manuals, they're done with shift rods. Mm -hmm. And since they only made 30 of them,
0: can't believe it. It's a shame that there's only f- uh, 39 599s out there with
1: Oh, the it's, like, it's the worst thing that they only made their And they're so expensive now because yeah. they're the best cars. 599s I mean,
0: five, five nine in general are starting to go back up a little bit. But like yeah. 599 nine manuals are just under Murcielago LP640s in price, I'd probably say. I, mean, I think we're seeing like half a mil being asked for 599 nine GTVs with a manual, right? Uh, we more, another, more than more that. Than that? Oh, yeah. More than half a mil. Over half a mil. Yeah. That's... I mean, LP640s are... Good LP640s with a six-speed are going... They're, I mean, those are selling for almost a mil. So, I mean, 599s are going to be a mill in like two years because they're like... If you're saying they're over half a million, that means they're 700 grand. 700 Gs. I mean, you could get a... You could get a high-mileage TDF for 700 Gs, right?
1: Yeah, well... Well, me, you probably have to things. pay a
0: little bit more, probably like 8 or 9, but yeah. still, you're like 100 Gs off. At that, at that rate, if you're financing,
1: what's another 100 Gs? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no, so this car, uh, because the 599 manual was shift rods and getting those shift rods is unobtainium so the like the 430s were done with cables Mm -hmm. and so this car uh basically the shop that finished the conversion was able to get the rods because there was an actual 599 manual factory manual at ferrari uh, at our local Ferrari shop. And so, uh, and he was friends with one of the guys there, the mechanic was, so he was able to have that guy order the replacement parts for that car, even though that one wasn't messed up. And so he could buy them and use them in the conversion. So getting those parts is not easy because you basically have to have a real one right. in order to get those. And uh, so it. Because I've driven, I've actually driven both the uh, shift rod and shift cable conversions, and they both drive fine. They're they're both good cars, but the shift cables have a lighter feel to them. Mm-hmm. They they feel a lot sportier, okay. uh, and and it just doesn't quite match the Grand Touring heavy big car that yeah, the 599 yeah. is. The shift rods, it's not like they're hard to shift. It's just they have a much more distinct kind of. Uh, Mechanical? Yeah, and a a little slightly stiffer, not like bad, not in a bad way, but just.
0: Notchier. It's the notchiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we all love, right.
1: And whereas the the, uh, shift cables are more kind of like you throw it into gear, like you do in a 430, Mm -hmm. which makes sense, but it just doesn't quite fit the car in the same way the rods do. Such an
0: interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, Because um, we've. (laughs) It's interesting. Is this? It's a. I take it that it is a Ferrari approved conversion. No, no it's not. Okay, because that's the thing. Like Ferrari doesn't like it when people no. go ahead and swap out trans. Uh-uh. Like they hate it. They will send you a cease and desist. Le- let me try that again. Cease and desist letter, um, and whatnot. So it's very when they do it, you know basically you better be keeping that car for a very long time you better basically kind of be if you're going to sell it it's kind of like selling it off not necessarily selling it off the radar but basically you're not going to get a ferrari stamp of approval ever right
1: yeah de- definitely not never get a ferrari stamp of approval for that kind of stuff uh but there's not anything that ferrari can really do sure i mean well what they it's can your car. do yeah, yeah yeah what they can do is never sell you any of their exclusive new cars sure but I low mean, key,
0: if you're looking for a five nine nine with a six speed manual and whatnot, you're probably not looking at SF ninety or eight twelve right. or uh, two nine six or yeah. Roma or even um, per song By the way, per a song, low key kind of looks le- like really dope. I guess a good looking truck. I used to hate the concept of it, and I have now seen it several different times on 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 YouTube and on Instagram, and it is just gloriously good looking and i love the suicide doors i just need to throw that out there but still you're not in the market for that yeah. you're in the market for you know modern classics and vintage and lower and whatnot right so
1: yeah i think so and I, i've i've had clients of all variations some of them have really old and really new some have just a specific kind of year range you yeah. know some of them really just like 80s cars or 90s cars or whatever it may be um so i'm never really surprised what people have because it's a wide variety of course. uh but and sometimes that makes it more fun i mean sure. I, I love when you go into a garage and it's like okay hey, there's a ford model a and there's a 488 pista and there's a and it's like that's quite the difference there. i love that but you know it's it's awesome right. and uh so you know but i mean ferrari is difficult to deal with uh i love the cars the factory is touchy but they produce the most amazing cars they in the do. world so they do i mean
0: no, no shade to ferrari and whatnot on and I, I mean that with all sincerity i mean they are icons within motorsport they are icons within automotive very clearly um and you know at the end of the day ferrari has eclipsed being an automotive uh, bra- car maker they, they are its own brand um, I mean, they're one of the most valuable brands on the planet these days, um, and so low-key, you know, if they ever want to go ahead and ho- holler at your boy, you want to send me to Marinello for anything, I'm happy to go ahead and learn Italian. I already speak Spanish, so I'm, I'm sure I can go ahead and, I might be able to go ahead and get by just a little bit, like, you know, buongiorno, shout out to my Italian peeps, but... Um, Sorry, we're gonna go ahead and move over just a t- I mean that GT3 RS does sound terrific I'm not gonna lie, but we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up right over here You know, you've got 25,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel now. You have 40 which is awesome That's where I got mixed up very clearly um, But you know, where do you see like what, what are your next goals next? It's a silly question to ask, but legitimately, you know because you're doing such a great job with that And I'm sure that at some point your dad's going to be like, hey, listen, Colleen, I think I'm, I think I'm good. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: is, is, is the, like, is the Colleen takeover going to happen here? Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, so it kind of has already happened in a sense. So my dad, he loves what we do as much as I do. Of course. And so it's not like he's going to retire. Uh, he would be bored stiff. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. Right. So, you know, but he does now get to come into the showroom late and leave early and not come in on weekends.
0: You, you are the boss. You've basically kind of low-key become the boss now, which is amazing. Congratulations on that. That's that's a massive step.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, it's not like I consider myself the boss. I mean, we are partners in this business. Yeah. I know everything I know because of him. Sure. And I, I wouldn't have this opportunity without him. So I have, I mean, just the most respect and and love for my dad for uh, I mean not just because he's my dad but just for everything that he has taught me over the years Uh, and so it's amazing but it's funny because as far as social media is Concerned. I love sharing the cars. I want to continue sharing the cars, the histories, everything about them because, I mean, the automotive community is such an amazing place with such amazing people. So I've really, really enjoyed that aspect of social media, but it's really not my focus. I really haven't, like, focused too much on subscriber numbers and stuff like that. It's more just uh, my, I guess, long-term goal is just Selling the cars that I love so much and just keep doing what I'm
0: doing. And funding the the piggy bank for the Daytona.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) We just turned over to the No, it is. I I definitely.
0: Owning a vintage Ferrari dealership is about as close as you can get to making the possibility of having a Daytona become a reality. Low key. That's the truth.
1: I know. We have a, a Comp a conversion right now, and it, uh, it's it been there for a couple months and hasn't sold. And I'm like, I mean, I know it's my job to sell it, but I'm not really upset that it's not sold because uh, I'm pretty happy with it I sitting mean, you in there. Keep, you
0: can keep it within inventory and be like,
1: well, you know, why don't we just make it the Ferrari online?
0: Right. Car. Um,
1: trust me, I've been tempted, but <laughs> I I always have to be pretty disciplined because there's so many cars that I'm like, mm, I mean, I could just keep that one. Sure. And then I'm like, no, I already have like eight cars. I was gonna say, so
0: you know, we you and we'll wrap it up on this because you've got the thirty BMW. Um, do you have any prancing horses that are that are your cars?
1: Uh, two race cars. Okay. Right. So uh, I th- have
0: th- those are the ones that are not currently running. Correct? Is yes. that the okay? Cool. Yeah,
1: they're. Uh... Not, that was not
0: meant to be shady no, or no. Sh- shade. It's like, oh, but they're not running Colleen. no no like they're fucking ferraris you got right. two ferraris that are under your ownership which is fantastic but you were saying
1: yeah. yeah they're i mean the <laughs> engines are out of the cars pulled apart right now because right. they're uh modified race cars right. so it's a 308 and a boxer but oh, they're both so the 308 is the only original to that car in in there is the chassis between the two firewalls, everything else is heavily modified, even it was an early uh, fiberglass 308 that burnt to the ground, so instead of the two-valve engine, now it has a four-valve injected, uh, with slide injection, I mean, just crazy build, Uh, and it's been lengthened, widened to like 288 GTO specs, so uh, the original 308s were about like roughly, roughly 3,000 pounds and like 230 horse. Uh, and this one is about 2300 pounds and 450 horse Wow So even a little lighter and a little more horsepower than the 288
0: GCO Little, little, is, little is the word that we're using here Sure, that's, that's a massive, massive jump Like, I can, I've seen you drive on the videos And you always keep it chill, relaxed, obviously Because you're, you're filming and whatnot But low-key, I have a feeling that you're a menace on the track in the best way possible. And if you've got a 2,300-pound car making 400-plus to the tires or is it crank? Crank. Okay. Still, that's a that's a ton of power, yeah. and um, are these two cars are they actual five speed manuals or are they uh, sequentials?
1: So uh, they five speed manual, but I am converting the three hundred eight to sequential okay, sweet. because the class it runs in, you know, it, it runs against uh, cars that have paddle shifters. Yeah, yeah. And I don't care. Which is how the reason why I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. No matter how good you are at manual. Paddle shift is just yeah. – it, it, it's a Especially leap Especially a
0: sequential manual. Yeah. A sequential manual, like, that, that. that's the reason why the race cars use those. We're not talking, like, D-seats or anything like that, although great cars for daily driving. But when you're racing, it – you know, either you go for a full-on five-speed or a six-speed manual or, you know, th- if you're really racing, get that sequential. Like, whether or not you're going ahead and pulling the lever or going ahead and sh- shifting with the paddles, I mean, that's, that's the way to go because, I mean, you're running – 140 150 on on some of these straights and whatnot and then but it's it's really the downshifts that are going to be the key mm-hmm. for when you're going on around corners and whatnot right oh
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, it's there so that's why we're converting it over because the the 308 is actually fairly competitive whereas like the boxer we have is not really because it's modified so it was a 365 boxer that got impounded because it was one of the gray market cars that got caught by customs so gotcha. it got converted to a race car back in period well, that,
0: that's
1: the <laughs> shit that i love <laughs> hate it love the, at the same the time on it looks like uh like a 935. I mean oh so cool. It, it's it's the craziest looking yeah, thing. It's got these big Batman flares on the side, big wing on the back. I, I love that car. It's a beast, but it runs against the 935s, which just annihilate it. So it is not competitive in its class. So fun, yes. Competitive, no. And if, you is know. it
0: possible to make that car street legal?
1: Oh yeah, it is. It
0: might as well be go back to your original conversation of like. We don't need to go 200 miles an hour everywhere we go. That's a perfect OC street car.
1: That's what I'm planning on doing yeah. with it. It's at the body shop right now. We're having the nose redone and stuff, and it's just finishing up, so it's going to be painted soon. Nice. Still got to do the engine, but, you know, sure. slow but steady progress. So well, once that's done, I'm going to use that as, like, my runaround fun car events yeah. whatever That's so and cool. and i'm so excited for that, that is i love massive. that car no, well,
0: honestly i i can't wait to see it when you go ahead and post it up on your instagram i'm sure that you'll go ahead and share it at some point on the youtube channel of course um i want to thank you for all your time today you have been such a delight and thank you so much for for helping me uh and and teaching me so much more than i could have even imagined uh 50 some odd minutes ago um and i've been watching you for like three years and and your growth has been amazing so congratulations i'm wishing you the best going forward and obviously keys has been a, a, an integral part of allowing you to continue to grow your brand and everything like that so big shout out again to keys um and um i'm gonna go say what's up to him and talk to him for a little bit pick his brain uh, but before we wrap it up um you know Ferrari's online on the YouTube channel, as well as on Instagram. And then where else can we go ahead and find you? Because, again, it, your Instagram <laughs> handle is very long.
1: Yes, it is. I know. <laughs> I made it very confusing, but, but I will th- never change I, no, I love it. No, don't ever change it. So uh, it's just my name, Colleen. And then my favorite car, so uh, 365... GTB four C and that is, that stands for the Comp Daytona. Yeah. So That's, uh, one of yeah.
0: the awesome. I'm curious to see as to whether or not we'll go ahead and see a um modern classic lamborghini ever over sold over at ferrari's online i would love to go ahead and see you guys do that i'm sure there are but i'd like to see one under your ownership at some point in time that would be very interesting well uh, other than, other than the guillardo race car like uh, of course let's not forget about that but on um, that all being said we'll go ahead and wrap it up right here again go check out the youtube channel um Let's keep on pushing Colleen and keep on pushing Ferraris online already at twenty five K. We're gonna keep you know, we're gonna keep doing it. And then again, go check out your fun ass adventures that you're going ahead and doing <laughs> at the dealership and in Orange County and whenever you get a chance to travel, because when you travel, like it's it's low-key kind of killer, not gonna lie. And I'm like quite jealous, but I'm at the same time I'm like, yeah, she's living her best life, and thank you for sharing it. Appreciate it. That all being said, my name is Jorge, and on behalf of Colleen, you've been listening to Tormenting Tarmac. It's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Have a great day, everybody.